Ah, uh, why is he always late? I've been waiting for my boyfriend Kevin for the last half an hour. I craned my head to see if he was coming, but the only people around were a cuddling couple. I watched the guy kiss his girlfriend on the cheek, then led her over to the Porsche parked nearby. Oh wow, if only… But wait, that guy… Oh my god, it's Kevin! Thanks for the gift, babe. But wouldn't this Gucci wallet look even more perfect with a pair of Briani pants? You jerk! I shouted as I threw the cake I was holding at his shocked face. To the surprise of the new girlfriend, he immediately denied knowing me and made out I must be crazy. What? However, once the girl got in the car, he turned to me. We're done. You may have a pretty face, but you're just some poor little orphan. What? What did he just say? Poor little orphan? I trusted him. I loved him. But it turns out he was just a lying, cheating gold digger. My heart ached through this betrayal, but I still had to drag myself to work. Oh, I forgot to mention, I'm Linda. I've lived at this orphanage since I was little, and my job is to take care of the vegetable garden. Hmm, if only one day a king would appear, tell me I was the long-lost princess, then take me back to his magnificent kingdom. <sighs> I was just putting on my gloves when a nun rushed over to me. Oh no, busted. I was gonna get nagged for being late. But to my surprise, she smiled as she handed me a piece of paper. Oh my god, I can't believe it! I've been adopted! Curious, I flipped the paper and checked my adopter's information. Huh? Their year of birth was only 2000? I was eager to read more, but the nun took the paper back. I must have misread it. No way my adopter is barely older than me. The nun pointed to the gate. A Mercedes was there with a bodyguard in black. Next to him was a woman wearing a long skirt, a mask, and sunglasses. Is that the person who adopted me? Am I finally going to be a rich mistress living in the big castle with my millionaire parents? Well, yep. I'm now sitting in this expensive car with my adoptive mother. I was so excited. But the whole ride, she didn't say a word. And this weirdness continued until we stopped in front of this incredible mansion. As soon as we entered the place, a maid hurried over and bowed to us. Only then did my foster mother turn to me, take off her sunglasses and say, Hi Martha, welcome to your new home, my daughter. Oh, she sounds so young. So she must really be born in 2000. But this girl who's just my sister's age just called me daughter? That's so weird. This definitely would take some getting used to. Then mom told the chauffeur to start the car as it was time for my makeover. Wow, another car? Huh? Isn't that a limousine? This was insane! And boom, here I am at a luxury beauty salon. I didn't know what half of these shimmering, expensive-looking products were. I let the beautician do her thing and boom again. When I opened my eyes, a stranger stared back at me. Wow, with his curly blonde hair and layers of makeup, I looked at least five years older. Oh man, goodbye my cool blue streaks. Before I could complain, my new mom handed me an outfit. Wait, wait, what is this? This dress is super tight and short. I feel like an Egyptian mummy in it. As for these high heels, ugh, how could anyone walk straight in these things? But seeing my mother's satisfied eyes, I tried to force a smile. I'm a noble lady now, and this is just how we dress, right? Finally, dinner time. I used to think that places like this only existed on TV. Oh, look at these numbers. One meal here costs more than our monthly expenses at the orphanage. Wow, it didn't take long until the waiter brought out these fancy-looking dishes. But mom's still wearing a mask? 
I was about to ask when she ordered a portion to go, then told me to just eat and she would wait for me. Why though? This was so awkward. Why was she so insistent on keeping her mask? But that's not the only strange thing. Today, I returned to school. Still the same old school, but mom insisted this muscular bodyguard accompanied me everywhere. I couldn't even go to the restroom in peace as he stood guard outside. It's great I've been adopted and all, but I can't carry on being controlled like this. It's so embarrassing. I have to negotiate with mom. So I made her some squash soup to break the ice. I knocked on her door a few times, but no response. So I opened it, intending to leave the bowl on her table when suddenly someone held my wrist. It was mom. She looked at me with scary eyes. How dare you enter my room without permission? Where are your manners? I made some soup for you and... I forbid you from entering my room again. I will not repeat myself on this. Okay, jeez. Why was she so sensitive about it? I wonder what she was hiding there. So, that was a failure. And I still have this living statue following me everywhere. It's lunchtime, yet thanks to him, no one would ever sit with me. I needed to escape him before his presence suffocated me. What should I do? Finally, after overhearing some students mention that the vending machine had run out of orange juice, I immediately asked the bodyguard to get some for me. Ha! <laughs> I'm sure he won't find any even if he dug up this whole school. <laughs> Success! <laughs> How great it is not being supervised by that giant rock of a guard! I was in the field joyfully chatting with two of my friends, but I didn't even get to finish my story before the bodyguard showed up again! Great, now you've scared my friends off. There he goes again, being all silent and still. Ugh, this was so annoying! I need to set up a date to apologize to my friends about that incident. And of course, we have to finish the gossip we were talking about. But, how could I possibly avoid my bodyguard? Aha! I just sneaked out of the kitchen's back door, and there's only this fence left between me and freedom. Oh no, the stupid alert system! The bodyguard was rushing toward me, but thankfully, I made it through. <laughs> but then... Oh snap. Before I could process what was going on, mom was glaring at me and gave the guard an order. Take her back to her room! Immediately! As soon as I was tossed back into my room, mom started yelling. What is this rag you're wearing? Maids, throw this ghastly clothes away at once. From now on, you'll only wear what I allow you to. And you must not go outside without my permission. Is that clear? Then she slammed the door shut. What? Why was she being so unreasonable? I couldn't live like this. I needed to talk to her. I barged into her room but didn't see her anywhere. I took a look around and noticed a picture of a girl. But why does she look exactly like me? Who is this person? What's happening here? Mom angrily sprinted towards me and grabbed the photo frame. I tried to take it back, and as we were pulling about, I quickly took a chance and snatched her mask. Surprisingly, her wig also came off. Oh my god, Martha looks exactly like me! Except, there's a mark on the side of her face. Martha, what's going on? It took a while for her to calm down and tell me everything. Turns out she was due to marry her dream man, but then she was diagnosed with hypochromia, a condition that affects red blood cells and can result in skin pigmentation. She worried if her fiancé found out, he would cancel the wedding. Then she found a picture of me that my orphanage posted on their fan page. 
Stunned by how similar we looked, she came up with the idea of asking me to replace her on her big day. What? How dare she use me like a tool? I was about to leave, but then she got on her knees and started sobbing. Please help me. I must marry him. Then you can go home. I, I have lots of money. You can have as much as you want. Please, this marriage is everything to me. I'm truly in love with him. Ugh, Martha looked so pathetic. I couldn't leave her alone miserable like this, so I agreed to help her. She then shared her Instagram account with me so I could contact her fiancé. So, I went on a first date with this man called Elias, wearing a Bluetooth headset connected to Martha's. Five minutes had passed and he hadn't noticed I was a fake. That was a little strange, huh? Uh, is there something on my face? Why are you staring at me like that? Oh, sorry. It's just you look even more appetizing than this beefsteak. <laughs> and you're far prettier than the last time we met, Maddie. Every time I set eyes on you, I feel myself blossoming. Ugh, I know. It was a cheese fest. But hey, I was just doing my part here. Then suddenly, Elias sighed and gave me this sad look. My dad is seriously ill and is in the hospital. Right now, we're in a very difficult financial situation. At this rate, I don't know if the wedding will go as planned. So, it would be great if you could help me. Yes, yes, of course. I will help you. Don't worry. Oh boy, what a simp Martha is. As soon as I delivered the line, Elias immediately got up and said he must go to the hospital to take care of his dad, leaving the bill to me. Hmm, something about all this seems fishy to me. The next day, I waited for Elias at a cafe. He was late and rushed in, looking all flustered. Honey, did you wait long? You have the money, don't you? I gave Elias the bank card and a small gift box. I wanted to cheer you up, so here's a little something extra. Yeah, Martha had begged me to deliver this gift box to him by hand, saying that his family's situation must have stressed him out tons, so she wanted to comfort him. <sighs> what a rich people thing to do. Oh, a Rolex! Pumpkin, thank you. This watch will surely go well with a Valentino shirt. What a pity I don't have one yet. Huh. <sighs> Wait, I think I'd heard this somewhere before. Oh my god, he sounded exactly like that douchebag Kevin. Was he just using Martha for her money? I decided to pry further and find out. Is your dad better? I would like to visit him. Which hospital is he in? Elias looked confused. He fidgeted with his watch, unable to meet my gaze. Uh, um, my dad's fine. You really don't need to visit him. So you don't have to worry about the hospital bills anymore, right? Oh, no, no, no. I haven't paid his bills yet. I can't... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course, it's yours. <laughs> now I'm sure he's no different than my gold-digging ex. I couldn't let this guy continue to take advantage of Martha. I went home and told her right away, but she refused to believe me. Stop talking nonsense. Now, take this cake to him at once. He must be so exhausted after looking after his sick dad. This would be a sweet surprise for him. I struggled to carry the huge cake to Elias's house. Then I saw him standing there arguing with another girl. I should have broken up with you a long time ago. My fiancé is much richer than you. I'm begging you, please, change your mind. The girl cried and pulled Elias's hand, but he just swung his arm and got into the car. Ugh, that jerk Elias! He's treating these girls as hard like they're his playthings. I have to stop this. The big day has come already. But before walking down that aisle, I need to get one thing done first. What do you think about this look, huh? I took a selfie and sent it to Elias to see his reaction. 
Right at that moment, Martha rushed into the room. What on earth do you think you're doing? Just leave it alone, and we'll have a great show for you to see. Suddenly, I received a message from Elias. Darling, you're as beautiful on the inside as you are on the outside. The love I feel for you is indescribable, and I can't wait to call you my wife. Wow, give this guy an Oscar! See? <laughs> oh, really? Then let me show you something even more interesting. Right at that moment, I received another text. Okay, that's my cue to act. I signaled Martha to stay quiet and dragged her over to the window. We took a peek outside and that's when someone appeared. As I walked up the aisle, I heard gasps from everyone. Geez, had they never seen a pigmentation mark before? But Elias gently smiled at me. Well, let's see how long he can keep up the act. It was my turn to read the oath when Martha furiously barged in. Elias, you're a liar! The wedding's off! What? Wait, Martha? But why are there two of you? The whole crowd was in an uproar. Drop the act! I already know you're only marrying me for my money. Money you plan on granting to another girl! No, Maddie, I love you! Right at that moment, a girl stepped out of the crowd. Pfft, you truly believe I'd ever get back with you? Not in your dreams. All eyes stopped on the pathetic, panic-stricken Elias. <laughs> Take that, you lying gold digger! Oh, the girl looks familiar, right? She's Ruby, Elias's ex. On that day, I followed Ruby and told her everything about Elias' gold digger ways. Then, we came up with a plan to expose him. Ruby would come to the wedding and beg for him back. And as expected, after seeing a picture of me with a flawed face, he immediately agreed to get back with Ruby. And of course, I purposefully let Martha overhear the conversation. Brilliant! Now, Elias is currently being removed by Martha's bodyguards. <laughs> Serves him right. So, what happened next? Well, Martha told me about her past. Her parents both passed away and left her a huge fortune. She may have had wealth, but she was lonely, which is why she acted impulsively around Elias. We both learned that love is precious, and it's also worth the wait for someone who loves us unconditionally. Martha let me stay here in her mansion, and we've actually become really close. It turns out we both have found something way better than fake love from slimy gold diggers, and that's sisterly love. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... Ugh, another day in this insufferable place. It's lunchtime, and I'm sitting alone at my usual spot in the cafeteria. The buzzing noise of other students fills the air like an obnoxious soundtrack. Great. I take a bite of my mediocre lunch, trying to ignore the stares. You see, I have these, well, crazy eyes. They change color and pattern depending on my emotions, making me a walking mood ring. I guess I'm like a living meme. The mockery of the century. Suddenly, my best friend, Hanako, slides into the seat across from me. This overly enthusiastic girl is the only one who can tolerate my sarcasm. And, well, my eyes. 
Kazumi, did you see the new meme about the Doge to the Moon thing? It's hilarious. I roll my eyes. If only they could send me to the moon and away from all this drama. Wow, Hanako. Such meme. Much originality. She giggles and shows me the meme on her phone. I'll admit it's pretty funny, but I'd rather not give her the satisfaction. You know, with your crazy eyes, you could become a meme too. Just think about it. My eyes flicker to a neon green with a lightning bolt pattern. Really, Hanako? As if I need more attention. Oh, I can see it now. Crazy Eyes Kazumi, the internet sensation who puts all other memes to shame. Suddenly, a paper ball hits the side of my head. I glance up to see Yuji smirking from a nearby table. Yuji, the popular guy who loves to make my life miserable. Hey, Crazy Eyes! Wanna show us some of your tricks? His friends laugh, and my eyes narrow, turning a fiery red with smoke patterns. I clench my fists, trying to hold back my anger. Just ignore them, Kazumi. They're not worth your time. Hanako reaches across the table, giving my hand a reassuring squeeze. Don't let them get to you, Kazumi. You're way cooler than them. <sighs> Thanks, Hanako. But sometimes I just wish I was normal. She looks at me with sympathy. I appreciate her concern, but I can't help feeling like a burden. Later, as I walk through the school hallways, I can't shake off the feeling that I'm being watched. I pause, glancing around. Suddenly, I spot a flashy girl with a camera in her hand, quickly snapping a picture of me. Hey, crazy eyes! You're gonna be famous soon. I frown, watching her hurry off. Why can't I just be left alone? Great. Another wannabe paparazzo. Can't wait for my inevitable rise to fame. When I reach my locker, I find a note taped to it. Meet me on the rooftop after school. I have something important to tell you. Oh, how original. A rooftop rendezvous. I can't wait to find out who my secret admirer is. My eyes shift to a deep blue with question mark patterns. I can't help but feel a mix of curiosity and annoyance. Just who could this mysterious note lever be? Might as well find out. If nothing else, it'll be a good laugh. The school day drags on, each class more tedious than the last. I can hardly wait for the final bell to ring. As it does, I quickly gather my things and head for the rooftop. The anticipation is killing me. Or maybe it's just indigestion from the cafeteria food. As I open the rooftop door, I'm greeted by a gentle breeze and the sight of Yuto, the quiet guy, who's always been somewhat of an enigma to me. My eyes shift to a pale pink with swirls, signaling my surprise and confusion. Hey, Kazumi, I've been waiting for you. Really? You're the one who left the note? What's the catch? <laughs> no catch. I just wanted to talk to you about your eyes. I cross my arms, not entirely convinced by his friendly demeanor. What about them? Are you here to make fun of me too? No, not at all. Actually, I wanted to tell you that I think they're amazing. My eyes widen, turning a bright yellow with star patterns. This was unexpected. Wait, you're serious? You don't think they're freakish? No way! I think your eyes make you unique and special. And I'm not the only one. There's a whole online community who would love to see them. What? Like some kind of crazy eye fetish group? <laughs> no, no! It's a group of people who celebrate unique abilities. Like yours. I think you'd fit right in. I can't help but crack a small smile. Maybe Yuto isn't as bad as I thought. But a part of me is still skeptical. So what? I just start posting pictures of my eyes online and suddenly I'm a star? 
Why not? You never know what could happen. Embrace your unique ability and show the world what you've got. I look out over the school grounds, thinking about his words. Could I really turn my so-called curse into something positive? The thought is both terrifying and exhilarating. Maybe it's time to stop hiding in the shadows. Let's see if the world is ready for Crazy Eyes Kazumi. With a newfound sense of determination, I look back at Yuto. All right, I'll give it a shot. But if I become a meme, it's on you. We both laugh as we walk back into the school building. My eyes now a kaleidoscope of colors, reflecting my whirlwind of emotions. Little did I know, my life was about to take an unexpected turn. Over the next few weeks, Yuto helps me set up an online presence. We create profiles on various social media platforms and start posting pictures and videos of my eyes in action. It's a strange experience, but also kind of fun. Who knew there were so many hashtags for unique eyes? Slowly but surely, I start to gain followers. People are fascinated by my eyes, leaving comments ranging from amazing to are they even real? Wow, it's like I've discovered a whole new world of validation. My self-esteem has never been higher. Yuto just laughs and continues to encourage me. He's always there, helping me come up with new ideas and cheering me on. I have to admit, it's nice to have someone in my corner. One day, as we're scrolling through my latest posts, I notice a message from a talent agency. They want to represent me and help me turn my unique eyes into a brand. My eyes flash to a vibrant purple with exclamation points, reflecting my shock and excitement. Is this for real? They want me to become a model or something? Told you your eyes were amazing. This is just the beginning, Kazumi. The world is gonna love you. As much as I want to maintain my sarcastic facade, I can't help but feel a surge of happiness. Maybe my eyes really can bring something positive to my life. Well, I guess it's time to take the world by storm. One crazy-eyed selfie at a time. Together, Yuto and I dive headfirst into the world of modeling, endorsements, and even a TV appearance or two. It's surreal and chaotic, but also incredibly exciting. My life has become a whirlwind of photo shoots, interviews, and autographs. It's like I'm living in some kind of bizarre alternate reality. I went from being the outcast to the star attraction. Through it all, Yuto remains by my side, offering support and guidance. Our friendship grows stronger, and I find myself wondering if there might be something more between us. <sighs> Love and fame. It's like a cliched drama waiting to happen. But as my fame continues to rise, so does the pressure. I struggle to balance school, my personal life, and my newfound career. The constant attention and scrutiny wear on me, and I begin to feel trapped. I wanted to be accepted for my crazy eyes, but now it feels like they're all anyone sees. Is this really what I wanted? As I sit on the rooftop, reflecting on the whirlwind my life has become, Yuto finds me, a concerned look on his face. Kazumi, are you okay? You've been really quiet lately. I look at him, my eyes a stormy gray with raindrop patterns, revealing my inner turmoil. I don't know, Yuto. I thought fame would make me happy, but it just feels overwhelming. He sits down beside me, offering a comforting presence. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. You've been through a lot. Just remember, you're more than just your crazy eyes. You're Kazumi, and that's what really matters. As his words sink in, my eyes slowly shift to a soft blue with a gentle wave pattern. Maybe there's more to me than just my eyes, and it's time to find out who I really am, beyond the fame and the memes. Hi, my name is Kira, and recently, memory lapses almost ruined my life. 
Now I'm back to normal and remember almost everything with ease. Well, my memory problems didn't start at birth. All junior high and first years of high school, I remembered absolutely everything. I was a great student, memorized stuff easily, and even helped my friends with their lessons. Kira has a phenomenal memory, the teacher said. She can memorize long poems, formulas, and dates very quickly. You have to use that ability. My parents were thrilled. They complimented me all the time and said that they had high hopes for my amazing memory. I won school competitions. I was the best in my class and even in the whole school. However, my triumph didn't last long. If in junior high school, they still wanted to be friends with me because I was the smartest, then in high school, of course, I had my detractors. Those of you who are at least once the best at something know how it is. One day you get a round of applause and the next day they're calling you names behind your back. That's exactly what happened to me. My first enemy was Olivia. We went to different schools in junior high and she was the best at hers. Now she had a rival in my person. At first, Olivia took my progress as a challenge. Kira, congratulations, you did the best on the test. My teacher complimented me one day. Olivia snorted loudly and hissed, leaning toward her friend. Big deal, one time. Let's see who's the best next week. But next week too, my test was judged the best. And next week, and the next week. That's how Olivia knew I wasn't just a misunderstanding, but a real competitor and an enemy. One day, a classmate caught me in the school hallway, pinned me against the wall and blurted it out. Listen, you, if you think you're the smartest, I hasten to disappoint you. I've collected every award in my school and I'm going to do it again. But what can I do if I have a perfect memory? I shrugged my shoulders. Just admitted that you're number two now, that's all. Olivia recoiled from me and stared wide-eyed. She looked like I'd punched her in the face. Number two, we'll see about that. I would do anything to make my parents proud. And the classmate wasn't lying. I wasn't too worried at the time. What's she gonna do, kill me? That's ridiculous. I didn't even tell my parents about the story, but Olivia was determined. She and her friends were going to teach me a lesson. The girls broke into my locker, stuffed it full of books and broke the lock. When I tried to open the locker door to put my things, it didn't open right away. I pulled the door as hard as I could. It flew open and a ton of heavy books and textbooks fell on my head. In fact, that was the beginning of the worst chapter of my life. After the blows on my head, I lost consciousness. I didn't know what kind of books those bitches had put in there. Probably all the volumes of a medical encyclopedia. I woke up already in the hospital. The first thing I saw were my parents' upset faces. Kira, my mother exclaimed. How are you feeling, honey? What happened? I couldn't remember anything at all. My parents told me about the locker in the books. The doctors reassured my parents. They said it was just a minor bruise and that it wouldn't affect my life in any way. For about an hour, my mom and dad calmed me down and promised me I'd be home in a couple of days. You need more sleep now, he said. Dad stroked my head. We'll definitely visit you tomorrow. But at that moment, I suddenly looked at my parents fearfully and asked, Where am I? What happened? And that's when mom and dad realized that the bruise wasn't so minor. Yes, I had blackouts and they reoccurred so often that every hour, my parents had to from the beginning to tell me where I was and what had happened. The doctors were just throwing up their hands. They took all the necessary x-rays and found nothing wrong. 
From that moment on, however, my life changed completely. At first, my parents still hoped that returning to my familiar surroundings would help me with my memory lapses. However, on the first day I had a real tantrum, when I suddenly found myself in the middle of the school hallway. I had completely forgotten how I woke up this morning, how I was going to school, and I didn't remember the way to school either. No, schooling is out of the question, said a worried dad. Only distance learning. But distance learning wasn't going to do any good either. Once I had learned something, within an hour, I couldn't remember anything I'd learned. That's how my successes ended. And most importantly, I didn't know who had set up the textbook incident. I vaguely remember disturbing Olivia's life, but I couldn't remember our last conversation or anything that might have pointed to a classmate. But I was sure that one day I would remember everything and find the culprit that was phenomenal. My memory would now be considered by the Dory Fish. About a week after I switched, after I switched to homeschooling, someone rang our doorbell. I went downstairs and froze. Standing on the doorstep was Olivia and her friends. My mom, who had opened the door for guests, I think she was confused too. I'd been sick the whole time. None of my classmates or school friends had ever come to see me. Oh, that's right. I don't have any friends. Kira, how are you feeling? We came to check on you. Olivia seemed very sincere, and so did the girls who decided to keep her company. Seemed pretty friendly. I sensed some kind of unease, but I couldn't figure out what I didn't like. My mother invited my classmates into the house. She set the table, and we all sat down for tea. You really don't remember anything at all? Olivia asked me thoughtfully. I remember things until I black out. I don't remember much since then, since I came to my senses. I explained. What do the doctors say? Will your memory come back? My mom explained to the girls that the doctors are trying to help me. But so far, the therapy is having very little effect. The girls were relieved and looked at each other. I was very pleased that they cared about me. However, by the end of the tea party, I had lost some of my memory again. Olivia? Girls? What are you doing here? I stared at the guests in surprise, and they stared at me. Your friends are here to see you, said my mother patiently. Friends? I don't remember having any friends at all. Olivia suddenly jumped to me and took my hand. Of course we're friends, Kira. You're so good, and you're about to be the best in school again. The girl almost cried, and I smiled back at her. Weird. My scrappy memories were telling me that she and I were major enemies. But how could an enemy care so much? I must have got it all wrong. One morning, my mother left me home alone. She needed to get to the office right away. I'll sign the papers and be right back, honey. Don't worry, I smiled. I'll just lie down and watch the show. Nothing will happen. But about 15 minutes after mom left, the doorbell rang. I had to go downstairs and open it. There was Olivia on the doorstep. Hi, Kira. I took the afternoon off from class and I thought, why don't we go for a walk together? You probably don't get out of the house at all. Yeah, I rarely went out and I only went out with my parents. We were always in a hurry to get back before I'd forgotten everything again. I don't even know. It was scary to leave home without my mom and dad, but Olivia was my friend. We'll just go for a ride in the park and come back. I got changed, got on my friend's bike, and we rode. We rode quite a long time. I was beginning to get worried. In general, I remembered my neighborhood, but at some point I realized I didn't recognize the houses and cafes we were passing. Aren't we far away? I got worried. No, we're right down the street. Olivia smiled. 
a poor thing, your memory lapses. I calmed down. Yes, it was probably my memory that was playing tricks on me again. Finally, we stopped. I got off the bike and looked around. There were only abandoned houses and deserted streets around. This isn't a park. I think I took a wrong turn. Olivia was puzzled. Let me ask someone for directions, because my phone is dead. The phone! I forgot all about it! My cell phone is on the bed in my room. I must hurry back in case my mother comes looking for me. Stay here and don't go anywhere, my friend told me and drove around the corner. And then I lost my memory again. I found myself in the middle of an unfamiliar street with no memory of how I got here. I was in such a panic. What am I going to do now? Where are my parents and where is my home? Why didn't I have my phone with me and where had all the people gone? Crying, I sat down on the sidewalk. Hey, miss. I looked up and saw a man. He was looking out the window of his car, coming out of nowhere. Is something wrong? I'm lost. I don't know where I am or how to get home. Wow. Do you remember your address? I'll give you a lift. The man seemed friendly enough. He got out of the car and headed towards me. But then my memory, which had failed me time and again, reminded me of maniacs and murderers who also look nice and then lure their victims into a trap. Stay away from me! I screamed at the top of my lungs. Miss, I'm a policeman. The man went to his pocket for some reason. I thought for sure he was going to kill me. So I jumped up and ran down the street as far as I could see. But I didn't run for long. I tripped on the uneven pavement and fell down, hitting my head as hard as I could. I woke up again in the hospital. And again, my parents were leaning over me. Kira! My mother was crying now. Did you find me? That's good. I went with Olivia and I got lost and that man. You remember everything? Yes. After another stroke, my memory magically came back to me. And now I remember everything. The feud with Olivia and her threats and how she showed up at my house pretending to be my friend. Sometimes people cross the line to be the best they can be. Like Olivia, trying to get her parents' approval. She went completely off the rails. My classmate was just trying to teach me a lesson by doing that prank with the textbooks. But when I lost my memory, I realized I overreacted. It's one thing to have a bump, but it's another to lose consciousness and amnesia. Olivia was afraid of getting kicked out of school for that prank, or even go to jail. So she first made sure I remembered very little, and then decided to play it safe and take me away to another neighborhood, leaving me alone. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? I don't know what would have happened to me if it hadn't been for that policeman. Even on his day off, he couldn't get past a damsel in distress. Olivia didn't go to jail, but now she has to work with a psychologist all the time. And I'm back to being the best student ever. If you were me, would you forgive Olivia? Be sure to share your thoughts in the comments below this clip. Hi everyone, my name is Caroline, and I was homeless until the moment when billionaires took me to live in their luxurious mansion. Wondering how that happened? Stay tuned! One cold fall evening, I was trying to find money for food. Well, or just food. I didn't care. Ask me how it happened that I became homeless? Well, my parents died a couple of years ago, and I couldn't live in an orphanage because the local kids abused me. At one point, I ran away, figuring the streets would be easier for me. That night, I couldn't find a cent on the street and had already resigned myself to starving. Suddenly, I saw a well-dressed woman on her way to the supermarket. I immediately ran up to her. 
and tried to steal her purse. Believe me, it wasn't my first robbery. The street dictates its own rules. However, at that very minute, some guy was right next to us. He pushed me away. Get lost, tramp, or you'll be in trouble. He threatened me with his fist. I didn't want to confront him and ran away. Well, now I had no food and money. But the next day, I had a surprise. The woman I was trying to steal from found me outside the supermarket, handed me a full bag of food and a warm jacket. Thank you, but why? You're too good to me. I tried to rob you. I had tears of gratitude in my eyes. I know you had to do it because of the way you live. She smiled. What's your name? Caroline. And why are you on the streets at such a young age? I told her the story of my life. The woman wept and promised to help me. I expected her to give me some more warm clothes and a sleeping bag and lots of food. But what happened next didn't just shock me. It killed me. In a good way, don't worry. A woman arrived in a luxury car with her husband. At this time, I was eating a baguette, trying to stretch it out into the evening. Well, that's it, Caroline. You're coming to live with us now, said my savior and smiled. Wh- what? I was so shocked. I choked on a piece of baguette. A girl like you shouldn't be living on the streets. We want to adopt you. Is that what you want too? She asked. Of course I said yes. And who wouldn't refuse in my place? On the way, I was modestly silent and terribly worried. And when we arrived, I was speechless. Now I'm going to live in a luxurious mansion, like a real castle. I was incredibly happy until I saw the guy defending my new mom. Oh, I forgot all about him. I bet he wouldn't be happy to have me in his house. Who the hell is she? He frowned at me as we got out of the car. Nick, this is your new sister, Caroline. We've decided to adopt her. Are you out of your mind? She's the tramp who tried to rob you, Mom. Nick, I get it, but it's my decision and your father's. We always wanted a second child, but you know yourself that we can't have any more. So get a normal kid from an orphanage. Nick, Caroline lives here now. Accept it, said the father sternly. Nick immediately calmed down. His father seemed to be an authority he didn't risk arguing with. The boy muttered something to himself and went into the house slamming the door loudly. Mr. and Mrs. Gilbert showed me my room, which I was absolutely delighted with. A huge bed, my own walk-in closet, lots of new and beautiful things, and a private bathroom. It's like heaven. I couldn't even dream of that. I immediately fell on my bed and cried with happiness. Now I had a home and a family. I'm not alone. But I was having trouble with Nick. I tried to get through to him, but the guy was stubbornly ignoring me. But what pissed Nick off the most was that his best friend had found common ground with me. Brian was a nice young man. He treated me like a regular girl, even though he knew I was from the streets. He helped me study. When my parents hired teachers to homeschool me, he talked to me and even taught me how to play PlayStation. And then one day, I overheard an unpleasant conversation. How can you socialize with that tramp? Nick asked angrily. She's normal. It's your sister. She's not my sister. She's the trash of society. I felt so hurt by those words. I couldn't hold back my tears. 
I went down to the living room and stared at a picture on the wall for a long time. I really liked the painting. I couldn't help myself, so I went and touched it. If you touch it again, you're out of the house. Nick threatened me when he came in. What? If I find you stole something or invited your tramp friends over, I'm not going to be nice to you. I'll throw you all out. I don't want to steal anything. For the first time, I decided to stand up for myself. I'm not what you think I am. And you'd know that if you weren't such a jerk. We would have kept fighting, but my parents came back. They gave me an expensive phone with a bunch of diamonds on it. Nick just snorted and went back to his room. And I was as happy as a baby. The next day, I decided to take a little walk. It was a beautiful day. I was listening to music on my phone when suddenly I was stopped by some vagrants with whom I used to feud. The thing is, I've always been on my own and a lot of people didn't like it. Seeing me in my new clothes and with a cool new phone like this, the tramps just jumped on me without a word, stealing all my money, phone, and even my new jacket. They did me bad and I sat down on the pavement and cried. How bad I felt. But then help came from somewhere I didn't expect. Nick was there. He helped me up and asked me what happened to me. When he heard about the tramps, he called his friends to deal with my abusers. Honestly, my heart almost stopped when Nick and his friends fought the vagrants. The guys took my stuff back and we ran from the cops, laughing for some reason. Nick, thank you so much. I hugged him. You're the best brother ever. The guy blushed and didn't say anything back, but I wasn't offended because his actions were more eloquent than words. When we got home, mom was shocked to see a battered Nick. He brushed it off and said it was okay. My father, on the other hand, was not happy about it. The thing is, my adoptive parents are billionaires and reputation is very important to them. They were afraid of any scandal. So they raised Nick in a strict manner to keep him out of trouble. Nick got very angry when his father told him off so I decided to console my brother. As it turned out, it pissed Nick off that he lived in a rich family in the first place. You see, money is a weapon to reach some goals, but it's not about happiness. My dad wants me to carry on his business, and I want to be a doctor, and we fight about it all the time. I even felt sorry for Nick, even though I didn't understand him. He had everything since he was a kid, but he doesn't appreciate it because it's not money that matters to him. It's the dream. If he lived in the street, he'd start appreciating everything he has. But then I realized what Nick meant. My father had arranged a business meeting at home with his partners, ordering Nick to attend. I could see that Nick wasn't interested at all. He even got hung up on the phone a few times, for which he received a stern reprimand from father. My father, very cleverly, without descending to insults, humiliated Nick. I felt really bad for my brother. So, I stood up for him. Dad smiled at me and said that I didn't understand anything and that he knew better how to make his son happy and more importantly, rich. Nick was touched that I stood up for him and for the first time, he called me sister and hugged me. Thank you, no one ever stood up for me, he said. I believe in you, Nick. Don't give up, follow your dreams to the end. But I didn't think my words would have that effect on him. The thing is, that night, Nick ran away from home. He left a note in the living room, saying he'd rather be lonely and poor, but happy and free. My parents immediately pulled all the strings to find my brother, 
and my heart froze with fear. What if something happened to him? Then it would be all my fault. I was the one who encouraged him to follow his dream. Idiot! My parents couldn't sit still, so they went looking for Nick too. It didn't take us long to find my brother. He was surrounded by a gang of vagrants who wanted to get back at Nick for the last incident. They wanted to attack him in a group. We jumped out of the car right away, scared off all the vagrants and took Nick away. Son, that's not manly. You ran away like a coward. I ran away because I'm sick of you. I don't want to go into business. My goal is to help people and heal them. This argument went on all the way. At one point, Dad got so nervous, he lost control of the car. We hit a pole. Nick hit his head hard on the dashboard. My mom and I got scared. Dad seemed fine. My brother lost consciousness, and mom immediately dialed 911. What kind of misfortune is following us? Luckily, Nick wasn't seriously injured, but we were so scared for him. We cried in the room while they bandaged his head. I'm fine. Don't worry. He smiled at us. It must have had some effect on my father, and he mellowed. Nick, after all, was allowed to study to be a doctor. He was no longer bogged down with business meetings, which my brother hated so much. But there was another problem. You haven't forgotten about Nick's best friend Brian, have you? Well, he confessed his feelings to me. I was speechless. I didn't see Brian as a boyfriend. He was a friend to me. Nick, on the other hand, was very concerned. He was against us dating. But why? Brian asked. She's my sister and you're my best friend. This is a bad idea. It wasn't so long ago that you didn't think of her as your sister. A lot has changed, Brian. I'm against it. I don't want her to be in a relationship right now and then suffer through a breakup or a fight. Caroline needs to study. Brian didn't like that. Then I had to get into a dialogue and explain to the guy that I wasn't interested in relationships yet. Brian got upset but didn't insist on anything. Eventually, I got used to the luxurious life and Nick became not just my brother but my best friend with whom I could talk to about anything. I'm glad this family came into my life. It's because of them that everything has changed for the better. Would you like to live in a billionaire family? Write your answers in the comments. I'd be interested to read them. Also, don't forget to share the video with your friends. Bye!